When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. All right, so about an hour ago, Lindholm took to Instagram with the caption, thank you, Calgary, and thank you, Sea of Red, for these five and a half years. It's been truly amazing to represent this organization and to play in front of you all. You guys have been nothing but incredible to me and my family. We're so grateful for our time in Calgary, and it would always have a special place in our hearts. All the best. It's been an honor. To that, I respond with, it was an honor for us as well, King. We will always love you in Calgary, and thanks for all the memories. So if... You've been living under a rock and have zero clue what we're talking about. Lias Lindholm was traded to the Vancouver Canucks last night for a 2024 first-round pick. Andre Kuzmenko, Hunter Brustevich. Only only took me 50 pronunciations so I could actually get it right for this recording. Thank God somebody actually put out the picture of the correct play-by-play like pronunciation of the name because otherwise I would have no idea. Like 100%. (laughs) Probably the second best name that isn't your Yoki Baka, Yoni Yermo. Yoni Yermo. A conditional 2024 fourth round pick. If the Canucks make it to the conference final, that fourth rounder turns into a third rounder. If the Canucks bust (laughs) and that pick remains a fourth, the Flames will receive the better of the two picks that the Canucks currently own. That is their own fourth round pick and New Jersey's. So it would be between, between those two. Huge, huge trade. It's bittersweet losing Lindholm, but we all knew this was coming to this point. What are your thoughts? Um, I like the initial thought and the initial reaction is, holy crap! What a return for a, a rental UFA that Vancouver very well likely can't re-sign. Right? Like, yeah. um, you get a lot of depth um, in your prospect pool where you need it. Uh, you've lost a lot of D-men this year. You're going to continue to lose two more. You get two D-men prospects in uh, Brustowicz and Yoni Irmo. And and then Kuzmenko on top is another guy that, you know, never really found it in Vancouver, um, was always supposed to be more. But I see him coming here and uh, meshing well. I see him fitting in really well with Sharon Govich. I think they're going to build some chemistry together. Um, maybe a little Russian rocket duo flying down the wing here in Calgary. Um, But no, I think it's a really good job by Conroy. I think he definitely got the maximum uh, that he could have gotten for Lindholm in this trade. And and you did it all before the deadline, right? And you kind of, you went out there 
together and you established what your vision is for this season, what your vision is for this trade deadline. And that's exactly what this trade does. Absolutely. I mean, Kuzmenko had a hell of a year last year, his first year in the NHL. And for whatever reason, it seems like him and Rick Tockett didn't vibe. Yep. Um, listen, you're not going to have to deal with Rick Tockett or expectations here, Andre. So <laughs> play your game. Uh, hopefully make our power play a little bit more watchable, please. Yeah. Even even with his struggles, he was still a fixture on PP1 in Vancouver. So please just a he's got a wicked he's got a wicked release man he's got a really good shot um yeah i'm excited to see what he can do with it yeah i mean we got we got a haul in my opinion i think conroy the thing that i shocks me looking at the return the more i think about it i'm like he somehow made the fans happy and ownership happy with this trade yeah because the whole thing has always been Murray hates retaining money on guys, right? Mm-hmm. And he's only ever done it once. They straight up just swap money. Like, yep. Manko's money, taking on an extra 650K, they were able to get a legitimate haul. I think last time we sat and talked about what the ideal package would be, I mean, we got more for Lindholm than I think what they originally got for Bo Horvat. So, yeah. Yep. Just from a overall asset perspective and the fact that you're trading Lindholm at his lowest value over the course of his time in Calgary, the timing of it has been scaring me really since Christmas of just being like, okay, our GM's going to see and want to pay for the guy that they know that when he's around elite talent, he produces like hell or are they trading for a guy that is having a down year? Well, the answer is we got an absolute haul regardless. Connie went ahead of the curve. To me, this was always going to be, I guess, especially this Lindholm deal. um, It was going to define for me who Craig Conroy is as a GM and where my trust level is. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, nine years of Bradtree living can do some shit, right? Like it could, it could really, it could really fuck you up mentally. So yeah, you, you carry some trauma over for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So the second that Friedman tweeted, I was literally getting ready for class. I'm not focusing in class now. Thanks, Elliot. And the trade didn't become official until like two hours after the tweet. It's a heck of a haul. I love the condition on that fourth. Yeah. Although, although low-key, I feel like it would be better off with the fourth rounder because if Vancouver goes far, we get a later first. So it's almost give or take. Uh, yes, yeah, true. Either, either, either later first and a third or, you know, mid to late first and a fourth. So... Yoni Yermo and that fourth rounder seem to be throw-ins. I think the three biggest pieces are that first round pick, Hunter Brustevich. Brustevich. Yeah, um, definitely uh, Yoni Yermo is a little bit of a step back, I think, um, from Brustevich especially. Um, Brustevich is younger. Um, still in the OHL, having a great year there. Uh, and I believe he's with the Kitchener Rangers. That's a that's a very good pickup. I mean, a, a D-man who can create offensively. I believe he's a right-handed shot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, which is exactly what the Flames need. Uh, so getting your hands on him um, is huge. And then Yoni Yermo is your other defensive prospect coming over. Um, he's a guy that's only gotten better um, as he's gotten older. The, the higher he's played... Uh, the bigger games, the bigger role he stepped into, he's filled it. He's a very big defenseman. I think he's 6'4", 
like 220 or something like that. Very big stay-at-home defenseman. Um, he's going to be very – he's very reliable in his own end with the puck. He's not going to make stupid turnovers. He's going to get it out and clear. But uh, it looks like from what I've seen and the research I've done, his um, his main point of focus right now is his skating. Um, he's really working on becoming a better skater and skating the puck out of his own zone and creating a zone entry out of it. Um, I was watching his 2022 World Junior highlights and so many clips of him carrying the puck into the offensive zone and getting it set up. You're not going to see him shoot much. You're, you're not going to see him dazzle or, or razzle offensively but he's a smart big shutdown d-man and i mean we know how valuable those are the flames have used them for years so i mean arguably you'd want a kid like that in your pipeline that can play that defensive game to pair up with hb4 we're gonna call him hb4 that's his nickname on instagram just for i like it everyone paying attention Canucks third rounder last summer. He's absolutely killing it. 69 points in 47 games and is a plus 30. Yeah, that is a heck of a pickup in my opinion, especially because it is a need in the organization. You have Poirier and Moran that could be offensive guys, but they're both left-handed shots. Now yep. you have a guy who's a righty who does that exact same thing. Kudos to Craig Conroy. Seriously, I think... I think just our past trauma had us really overthinking. You know that we're Flames fans when we see the tweet from Elliot Friedman and immediately the first set of tweets in response. Uh-oh, it's the anniversary of the Dion Phaneuf trade. That's a bad omen. Uh-oh, if it's just for Kuzmenko, I'm driving down to the dome and throwing hands. Uh-oh, if it's, it's just all of that trauma just kicked in. And yeah. Craig Conroy is like, no, I'm competent. You finally have a competent GM at the helm who actually gives a shit about the team and is a hockey mind first, not, you know, not guy, right? So, listen, we get an absolute haul. Lindholm gets a shot to win the cup. The Canucks are stronger than the Oilers now, so all I see is wins. I think this is a great piece of work from Craig Conroy. If you let Kuzmenko marinate for a year, and let's say he's not going to resign, next year's trade deadline, we're talking about flipping Kuzmenko. So yes. it's, like, it's not like you're sitting here, you know, losing, losing on an asset. You're almost sort of trying to rebuild up that asset that you acquired. And if exactly. it works, okay, you stay in Calgary. If it doesn't work, Next year's deadline. We can probably get a first for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back to, I guess, again, Hunter Brustevich. There we go. I have to keep sounding it out like a child. Daily Faceoff had a really solid article about him this morning. Um, kind of just sort of breaking down strengths and weaknesses in his game. He is a very offensive guy. Defensively, they were saying ideally he would need a defensive D partner. Uh, no Yerbo. I mean, shit, like whatever works, right? They are very high on him as a prospect. I mean, we are as well. I mean, who wouldn't be looking at that stat line? He's got 50 even strength points this season with the Kitchener Rangers in 47 games. So we listed off his stat line earlier. If you threw out all of his special teams points, he'd still be third in the OHL among D men in scoring. 
Like not only is he third, he's a strong third. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Kuzmenko, Brustevich, Yermo. Again, like Yoni Yermo is right up there with Yerky Yoki Paka in terms of like sick names, dude. Like what? Yoni Yermo? It's right up there with Raja Buri, bro. Like that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was like Swedish or Finnish. We'd have such better names. I think I would give Craig Conroy an A on this trade return. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely in the A range as well. Um, just from from my view, I know a lot of people had us lower. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, actual insiders and whatnot and personalities had the flame ranked lower than an A on this trade. Um, but you're, you're never really going to know until you see these D-men pan out, right? Like, you kind of know what you're getting in Kuzmenko. You kind of know where you're going to be picking with that first. Um, but the, the big X factor to these trades are Brustovich and, and Yermo, for sure. You were dealing from a position of weakness. It's not like your organization has center depth galore, right? Now we're, now it's a question of who the hell are you going to slide to that center slot. And I think it's going to be Sharon Govich. Just personally, I think they're going to try Hubi, Shero, and Kuzi. Yeah. Have Zari, Kadri, Pospisil still intact. You were dealing from a position of weakness in the fact that he was having his worst season as a Calgary Flame over the course of his career in Calgary. He had no trade protection. That must have weighed on him heavily. Pending free agent. And it seems like chemistry wasn't clicking and he just wasn't himself. So it's, a, it's almost a relief also for Lindholm to go to a team like Vancouver that is stacked up front. If you have a really solid next few months here, suddenly your value when you hit the open market goes yeah. back. Going up a little bit because right now if you were to sign, you know, a seven-year contract in free agency, I think he's probably looking at, more than $20 million being lost based off of yeah. that initial offer that the Flames offered. The life cycle of our organization kind of changing hands here, kind of understanding that, okay, we're going to rebuild. I'm very happy you actually brought that up because uh, just where Lindholm's probably happy to be going to Vancouver, I think that is the perfect uh, spot for him. I know Colorado was talked about um, as well as a landing spot for him. Um, but I mean, you can't go wrong with Vancouver, right? Like he's still, he's an hour away from Calgary. It's not too big of a transition for him halfway through the year. Um, he's going to a team with a lot of good players on it. Like I'm excited to watch Lindy maybe play alongside Pedersen and Miller, Besser and all these guys. Like it's going to be so fun to watch. They're going to be fast. They're going to be, they're going to be fun. Um, I think it's the perfect fit for Lindholm. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Out there, I know Flames fans and Canucks fans have had their beef um, over the last few years, but I feel like that's died down. I feel like it's just more hate Edmonton. Us in Vancouver are okay now. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, perfect opportunity for them. Uh, it's a team that's going to be in a playoff spot. It's a team that's very deep. Like, I know my mom, the first thing she said to me when she heard that we traded Lindholm to Vancouver was like, why the hell do they need more centers over there? And I was like... You can never hurt having enough centers. Like you, <laughs> when the injury bug comes by, you're gonna be happy that you went and got one home, right? So, yeah, no. Best of luck to him. Uh, thank you for everything that you did here in Calgary. I mean, so many great memories. That top line, Purple Gato line, like just so many great memories, right? And uh, and it's an end of an era here in Calgary. He was the last 
remaining member of that old core. He was the last one standing. Yep. That's that's it. That core five there, it's it's got it's over. It's definitely bittersweet. Um, I know a lot of fans were wondering about Kuzmenko when it was first reported that he had Calgary on his no trade list. Um, his agent Dan Milstein, who oddly enough also represents Nikita nope. Zadorov and Igor Sharangovich. Yeah. Um, he went on Twitter and he said, so kind of just giving a little bit of detail towards that. He says, We have been working with the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames since Sunday. Kuzmenko spoke with both the GM and head coach, so Connie and Huska, which Connie later confirmed on Flames Talk. Uh, prior to agreeing to the trade, he is looking forward to joining the Calgary Flames. And the way Connie sort of put it is kind of explained to him the opportunity that he would have in Calgary. And I feel like being a minute muncher and being on the top power play unit was probably the most enticing thing to him. Um, uh, yeah, I think he heard 20 minutes a night, PP1, and... No expectations. Yeah. And and probably a face uh, uh, on the franchise, too, uh, because who the hell else do we have left to promote? Um, so, yeah, he probably heard all that and was like, see ya. I'm going to go uh, kickstart my career and uh, find my 8x8 eight eight here in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you, you hope as a fan that Kuzmenko comes in and pans out because whether – he pans out and you extend him or he pans out and then you flip him next year. It's a win-win in both angles. So yeah. Yeah. Just don't play too well that you sign him to like an $11 million contract. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like don't, don't break the bank, but play <laughs> enough hockey where we like you. So <laughs> again, I'm very impressed actually with Craig Conroy and the return that he did get. I mean, we talked about Colorado, Boston, I don't think you could have pulled assets out of Colorado that would have made sense. The you're not you're not getting the return that you got from Vancouver. Yeah. You, you weren't gonna get, you weren't going to get the quantity of assets that we picked up, and I think even within the quantity, there is quality between that first Brustevich and Kuzmenko. That's and a haul. You certainly weren't getting. NHL eligible draft pro uh, prospects in, on the D end from Colorado. You weren't yep. getting guys that are, yeah, no. I thought the I thought the Lindy for Byram talk was such a hoax. Brusevich has a serious case to be a top four guy in a few years. Kuzmenko immediate return. We'll see how it pans out. It, it, near the end of this show, we'll we'll have like a little bit of a mid season NHL draft conversation with Bob McKenzie's midseason rankings and those are all scout surveyed they're not his opinion like sam cosentino on sports i'm rambling now this is why we should not be doing a live show <laughs> this is not this is not ideal dustin wolf you potentially have a future number one goalie in the pipeline what does every rebuild need you need that number one center you need a number one goalie and you need a number one defenseman if the flames pick in the six seven range i think they can draft a number one center in, yep. this, in this summer's draft. Absolutely. They have can. defensive prospects that could grow into being legit by committee. Like a, you you may not have a number one defenseman locked in, but you sure as hell would have a top four that is gross enough to compete with any team in the league. It seems like a very high-risk, high-reward type player. Like the reward could be filthy. And then you already have your number one goalie in Dustin Wolf. Fingers crossed. 
Yeah, I saw his comparable this morning on an analytical model. It was like Brandon Montour. If he's anything like Brandon Montour, I'm over the moon. Like, <laughs> the hell. Like, Brandon Montour is a stud, dude. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely a, a kind of like a shock to the system, this trade. Did not expect it to come this early, but I'm also glad <laughs> it did because that that return to me hits the sweet spot. It just it just does. So it does. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was clearly the right time to pull the trigger, right? Like this could have been an overreaction from the Flames. It could have been an overreaction from the Canucks. But it seemed like it was the right time uh for, for both sides to get this deal done. And I mean, we should have known it was coming. Did you see Rutherford? Uh he went on <laughs> the morning of yesterday and said yeah, we may not even wait till the deadline and then sure enough gets it done that night. So, um, but yeah, uh, it, it was the right time to get something done. I think both teams are happy with, uh, with what they got and, and life moves forward. Exactly. So once again, thank you, Elias. You're an absolute king. Thank you for the five and a half years here. We brought up that they did not use a retention slot on Lindholm, meaning they still have Three active retention slots that they could use. Tanev, they'll probably retain on. Hannafin, we don't know what they're doing there. And everyone is so hell-bent on believing that Jacob Markstrom is getting traded. Elliot Friedman on NHL Network was talking about Noah Hannafin, saying that the team has kind of given him a deadline. By the end of this All-Star break, they want to know what he's thinking. That either means he's going to extend or... We, you know, we trade him closer to the trade deadline. Chris Tanev is in the rumor mill. And apparently he was also being talked about as being part of this trade too. Yeah. But yeah, right that, that was another big part of it that kind of hasn't been talked about really. But I was like, holy shit, when I first found out about it, because that would have been massive rick dollywall on twitter talked about how the tanev part of the deal fell through because the flames ask is a first round pick when you get to the deadline and teams start looking down that depth chart and realize that they need help somebody's going to pay first for chris tanev Mm -hmm. and then heading into the draft this year with three first round picks would make me swoon like i would be a i would i'd be a menace to society watching you imagine being a the Calgary Flames and having three first-round draft picks? What world are we living in, bro? And it's and it's Craig Conroy nailing all three because it's like, Conroy, and he's the only reason why Johnny Goudreau was even a Calgary Flame. I go on NHL 24 GM mode and trade every player on the team for a first-round pick just to feel like that sense of security that my team can actually acquire first-round picks. Like... Mm-hmm. It's it's unheard of here in Calgary. I mean, if you come out of this trade deadline with three firsts in this draft, possibly maybe even four, are you not laughing all the way to the bank? Like, th- it'd be the perfect season for the Flames. Oh, absolutely. And then on draft day, you could take a few of those later picks and move up. You you could you could trade your your seventh and your seventeenth for the fourth overall pick or the third overall pick or you throw in a prospect and you move up to one or two like there's so many options that the flames can go from here if they have that stockpile heading in like they could do pretty much anything and it was weird because elliot friedman on saturday headlines was talking about how the ottawa senators are connected to chris tanev yeah 
now that I know that the Flames are 100% dead set on acquiring a first-round pick, you can throw that shit out the door. They're not going to trade their top five pick for a rental in Chris Tan. I mean, listen, Steve Stales, by all means, if you want to be dumb, I welcome it. But, like, what the heck? I, I read something that Ottawa needs to convince Tanev uh, that they're a playoff team before he'll go there. Sorry, Ottawa, I, I think you got bigger problems than, than acquiring Chris Tanev at the trade deadline here. I mean, and they could by all means throw him all the money on July 1st. I mean, we again, like that option is still there. If they offer Tanev term, Tanev's going to sign in Ottawa. You know, that is more of a free agency July 1st case. Yeah, Tanev's going to a contender. You do not send that guy to a team that isn't a contender because he puts everything on the line to try and win. And he is an absolute gem. Let's talk about internal news within the franchise. Yes. Uh, so get ready for the DraftKings ad. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. I mean, hey, it's a rematch of Super Bowl 54. And, you know, if you're not a fan of it, shake it off. Ha 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 ha. Anyway, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code THPN. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 years of age and age varies by jurisdiction. This offer is void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Back to the show. All right, so Adam Ruzicka and Nick Simone, we lost these two on waivers. Adam Ruzicka is now a member of the Arizona Coyotes. Nick DeSimone, a member of the New Jersey Devils. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'm going to start with DeSimone here uh, just to get it out of the way. Um, that guy, I felt like he got worse um, as, as the season went on. Um, I, I really didn't think he was serviceable uh, at all. I felt like every time he was out there on the ice, especially with Osterley, those two were just getting caved five on five, like absolutely caved. You just knew the other team would have a full 60 seconds of offense in, in the Ozone if those two were left out on the ice together. And it was just bound to happen. Um, so I wasn't too mad with DeSimone leaving. Obviously, uh, New Jersey got really banged up there on the back end for a while, which is pretty much the reason that they grabbed DeSimone. Um so he gets a fresh start in New Jersey, um, a, a team that's maybe got a little bit better of a future for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not losing much there, right? Like in my opinion, I mean, I don't know how you feel about D Simone, but it's not too big of a of a loss. I think the most surprising one was was Ruzichka for sure. I mean, uh, a guy that never panned out here, right? You know, you hoped he would. Um, he was given his shots. He was given multiple shots, and he, and he never really took it. And and that's what happens. You end up on waivers, and, and you get a fresh start. So we'll see what he can do with it in Arizona. 
Yeah, I'm kind of on the opposite sort of train. So I was more surprised that De Simone got picked up off waivers than Ruzichka. The second I saw that Ruzichka was being waived, I was like, okay, yeah, he's gone. Who's picking him up? Yeah. I was so sold on Adam Ruzichka being claimed, I would have literally bet my entire bank account because yeah. he has the size. I mean, other GMs don't know that he doesn't use it, but, but <laughs> he has the size. And he's a center, natural center. So to me, yeah, like go, oh, I could get this, I could pick this guy up for free. We can try to see if we can, you know, he's a reclamation yeah. project. We can try to see if he'll work on our system. And you know what? I like Ruzichka. I've met him twice. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Um and yeah, I like all the best in Arizona. It's one of those situations where can't really harp on it too much. I mean, it was a fourth round pick that turned into a guy that actually played some NHL games for you. So it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And it's, and it's just a, it's a matter of circumstance, right? Like yeah. if, if things were different, you, you never would have wanted to see him go. It's just the way that things played out was the injuries that came up with Calgary and then the waiver wire and just how all the money and, and everything had to work. It had to be received gone waivers and uh, yeah. And that, that's just what happens. It's part of the sport. Yeah, I mean, in regards to Nick DeSimone, I was actually kind of shocked that he got claimed. Um, just from age alone, because he's like he's close to 30. Um, he, he's been a guy that's like kind of worked really, really hard to get to the NHL path as a big yes. So his story was pretty cool. Yeah, I think Jordan Osterley kind of damaged him because prior to him playing with Jordan Osterley, his underlying metrics were actually pretty solid. I thought there was enough of a positive impact to actually feel like I wanted to keep this guy on the team. I would have rather waved Osterley than D Simone just personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, D Simone, in my opinion, still brought you a little bit of value on ice with underlying metrics for those that actually care about that stuff. Like me, you know what? It is what it is. I, I kind of maybe get the rationale as to why Connie waved D Simone instead of Osterley, Osterley being his signing versus D Simone being Brad's. I don't know. I feel like that yeah. might have had something yeah. to do with it because the two of them together as a pairing was an absolute nightmare. They were getting caved in. It was the most brutal hockey I've ever watched in my life. Like you just knew if if the other team had possession in the offensive zone and you kind of pointed out Osterley and D Simone playing defense, you're like, okay, well, we're pulling the puck out of our net here. So I remember I went to the I went to that Leafs game when they were here and you just sent me a text. You were like, I apologize that Jordan Osterley and Nick D Simone are not an NHL pairing. Like that was just the first thing you sent me. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I think they were on the ice for like three of the four goals we let oh, in yeah. that game. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Matthews, like at first of all, yeah, like first of all, game management. Yeah, like, why are they out there against Matthews in the first place? Yeah, like, like fucking fuck game management. What is that? Like, first of all. But then it's like I wanna have the tendency of going after the coach, but we're such a bad team, like from a roster build that I'm just yeah. like, honestly don't care. Like next it's not even worth it. It's, it's not, not even worth it. it. Like, it's not even, like, you could talk about the defensive structure being implemented. You could talk about matchups and the lack thereof. But it's also like, you know what? We know what we are. They're basically trying to lose at this point. Whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Like, you're sitting there. Huh. Matthews, Nylander, and Marner are walking circles around D. Simone and Osterley out there. 
Already scored three times. D zone draw. Who should we send out? Yeah, D Simone and Osterley. How about you guys go get that puck out of there? <laughs> like, <laughs> just brutal. Just brutal. I was like, what the actual hell? Game management needs to be worked on. Just, just saying. <laughs> you should probably, should probably yeah. work on that. But yeah, uh, good for him though. For good for Nick D Simone to get another opportunity. Um, because I honestly think that up until he was paired with Jordan Osterley, he was pretty solid. Um, yeah. For- like solid for what he is as a player and underlying metrics kind of and reinforce that. So I kind of use that to form my debates. I mean, I'm not J fresh level, but you know, AJ Greer out for the next eight weeks, going to be seven by the time we return to play with a fractured foot. That's that shitty, right? Really, really disgusting injury. Like I'm pretty sure yeah. I did when I saw his tweet, like, I saw his foot. I was like, I'm no like doctor, but I'm pretty sure feet aren't supposed to bend like that. Uh, it was not ideal. I mean, I feel for him no. because he's been solid. Like he's, he's been fantastic. He's, he's been the best waiver claim we've had in a decade, bro. That I, love I love Greer. I love what he brings to the team. I love his style of play. I love that he actually gives a shit. Um, that too. Yeah. He also did talk about wanting to resign. So, I don't know. I feel like that's a guy you could re-sign. I mean, why not? Dude, get him on what we should have done with Hathaway. Don't mess that up again. Like, go no, get I Greer do. on a three- or four-year, like, 1.7, 1.8 kind of deal. He's younger than Kuzmenko. Wishing a speedy recovery to AJ. Really, really dope beat maker, too. Just just putting that yeah. out. Yeah. Um, this stuff is pretty cool. Martin Pospisil is an absolute demon. Because when he went down against the Leafs, Frank Saravalli, everyone's favorite NHL insider, uh, tweeted out saying that he'd be out for weeks and post-All-Star break, he'd return. Okay, uh, he was skating on the 27th, and he was a placeholder for Blake Coleman, who we thought wasn't playing that night and then ended up playing that night. But yeah, Martin, you're a demon, bro. What? When I saw you go down like that against Toronto, I literally, I was flinching. I was like, this is not good. I, was I thought because Pospisil, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's had a long history of concussion issues, correct? Yeah, he almost quit playing hockey. Yeah, like he's like one concussion away from never playing hockey again, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, so when I saw him go down, I kind of was like, oh my god. So yeah, Martin Pospisil activated off the injured reserve. You're an absolute demon. Good to know you're back, bro. So Dylan Dubé is one of the five guys that is uh, being charged in that 2018 World Junior Championship sexual assault case. It is a heavy thing to talk about, so I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because I feel like the more you talk about it, the more you give a voice to that sort of... Mm -hmm. It's sort of just, yeah, it's not an ideal talking point. Um, I will say... The Flames put out that statement regarding Dubé's mental health and then sort of used it as a campaign to group him and Oliver together. And there's a video on YouTube that is very public. Uh, It's about three minutes where it involves an interview from Huska and an interview from other players on the roster sort of giving, you know, their, you know, we stand with Dylan sort of, interviews and to me i just sit there and go that's crazy it's a bad look like the fact that they did not protect other players within the organization 
from that sort of scrutiny. They didn't protect themselves. It's to me, it's just negligence all around, whether you believe in the fact that the flames genuinely didn't know that Dylan Dubé was part of the case, or you, that you believe that, that the flames had an idea and tried to cover it up in that light. Regardless of whichever lens you look at it, it's still negligence and it's still an embarrassing look. In my opinion, I'm not going to sit and mince words over how that's handled because I think it's a joke. Forget the original statement, that sort of campaigning that was implemented after someone in that PR team, they're getting fired, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, they, that that's a mess. In my opinion, it does need to be answered to um, why it was labeled as a mental health step away. Um, I mean, you look at Carter Hart, you look at Michael McLeod, you look at Cal Foot, you look at Formington. None of these guys took mental health breaks from their team. They took leaves of absences. Um, yep. So I, I do think it needs to be um, it needs to be talked about. It needs to be answered to. Um, but yeah, as you said, not going to get too far into it. Um, very touchy subject not an expert in, in that kind of subject. Um, so thank God. Yeah. It's not, it's not something comfortable that to talk about whatsoever. Um, yeah. Just wanted to put that out there and let's end the show on a, on a good note. So Oliver Shillington. Hey. Oh my God. It's so good. Just, good. Just have his big smile on the ice again. Isn't it so good? So nice, and he still looks so good, bro. The way he jumps up the rush, I'm like, ah, I'm like, let's go. I love you, Shilly. It, it's pretty daunting to see how well the Flames handled Shillington's situation for the last, you know, year and a half, and then how they kind of soured it by grouping it in with Dubay's. Right, like you, you had it perfect. You, you had it done. It was he was back. He was getting healthy again, and then you just kind of pooched yourself. Yeah, it's, it's inexcusable. Like it's inexcusable negligence. It's I, I don't know what they were thinking there, and yeah, they, they should be answering towards why they framed it in that light. Not gonna keep diving into that topic. I don't think it's worth continuing to talk about. Yep. Even the player in question, to be honest. So he's an RFA this summer. They're not. He's not going to get qualified. So it is what it is. That's yep. that's that's his time up in yep. Calgary, and it is what it is. That's things things come to light. You know, make stupid choices. You pay for it later. So yeah, yeah. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Exactly. So real quick, Bob McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Have that little mid-season ranking. Put that out. Let's talk about the top ten. So you've got Macklin Celebrini, yep, Anton Siliev, Artem Levushnov, Cole Eiserman, Caden Lindstrom, Ivan Demidov, Sam Dickinson, Consta Hellenius, Zane Parekh, and Berkeley Catton. If the season ended today, the Flames would be selecting ninth overall. The kind of window that you've got, you could be looking at guys like Consta Hellenius, Zane Parekh. Berkeley Catton and Tisha Ginla. I'm just going to put this out there. I think he's going to move into the top 10 by the time the final rankings come in. I think so too. Um, yeah, he is, he's got a lot of upside, man, and he's only getting better um, game by game. I, I, I do think you're going to see him step up into the top 10 here. Uh, mm-hmm. Would it not be perfect if the Flames got him though? Like if, if you could go get Tisha Ginla and you could, 
kind of like build a community and start to build your team around another Aginla, would that not just get you the ultimate buy-in from the fans? Like, dude, Craig Conroy showing that he is a legitimate general manager is enough of a buy-in for me. True. Yeah. True. Like seeing the return on this Lindholm deal, I'm like, oh my God, this is a warm, fuzzy feeling actually having someone competent running my team. What is this? I don't know how this feels. I haven't felt it in nine years, nine plus years. We were too young to understand what Jay Feaster did. Nothing yeah. was good. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Oh, just. <clears throat> so say we have three first round picks. What's your ideal Flames first round draft looking like this year? All right. So I'm just going to go on a limb and say that we're going to select nine or 10th. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't get any worse. Yeah, it could be possible. We don't know. Um, so, okay, let's look at options. So let's say the 8 to 10 range. You're looking at anyone named Consta Hellenius, Zane Parekh, Berkeley Catton, or Tejaginla. Yeah. I think they go for a forward, preferably a center in that, in that very first range within the top 10. My bet is on either Berkeley Catton or Tejaginla. That's my yeah. mid-season prediction. Yeah. So, all right, let's think about it now with this Canucks pick. Assuming that their pick is anywhere between 26 and 32. You're looking at guys like Tarek Parasak. He's a right winger with the Prince George Cougars. Charlie Elick, who's another right-handed shot defenseman. Yeah. Matt Vagreiden from the USHL, left wing. Cole Bedouin from Barry of the OHL center. Lucas Pedersen from the Swedish, I would say, junior under-20 league center. And Dean Letourneau, who's also a center. So you're looking at centers and a defensive prospect in that range. Um, quick question. Where does McKenzie have uh, Henry Muse and Tanner Howe? So Henry Muse is ranked 37th. So early second pick. Dude. I really like Henry Muse. <laughs> he had a bad Holinka Gretzky cop, but before that, dude, he was like a top 10 prospect before that cop. <laughs> who's the second guy that you wanted to know? Uh, Tanner Howe from the Regina Pats. Tanner Howe is ranked 25th left wing out of Regina. So he is a late first. Yep. Guy had 85 points last year. Yeah. We got to go get Jeremy Poirier's brother. We got to go get Justin Poirier. He's that would be good, awesome. Dude. Smaller guy, but he's looking good. He's a forward, too. Hmm. Yeah, right winger. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it, man, this is looking really solid. I mean, listen, I know that there are also a lot of Calgary kids in this draft. Carter Yakumchuk is one of them. He's currently playing for the Calgary Hitman. He's projected 12th, so I don't know where they see HB4 on the depth chart. If Me personally, I think they're probably just going to shoot for all forwards out of the first round. You think so? I think so. I think if they have a guy like Tanner Howe or Andrew Basha available to them and later on in the first round, they'll go for one of those two. If they're not available, I could see them selecting Charlie Elick. That's sort of my pick with that Canucks pick, that sort of range. I, I think 
I don't know if I fully agree with you on all forwards in the first round. I do think you're going to see him try to pick up a D-man here. Um, but whether that be with your first pick or, or, or the Vancouver one, I'm not too sure. I guess that's going to kind of wait and see how the top five shapes out and see who yeah. goes there. Like the reason I say that is because a lot of the, as of right now, looking at the list, there are a lot of higher quality defensemen available in the early second round. And we're going to have an early second round pick. So I could see them going two forwards. And then, like you said, let's say Henry Muse doesn't, you know, rise his stock and he's somehow available by the time we're selecting in the second round. A guy like Henry Muse or Cole Hudson, like you said, someone like that, that's available to them in that slot of where they're projected to be selecting. Where's Um, Aaron Kibiaru at on that? He is a late first, mid to late first, 23rd. Because he's out long-term with an injury this year in his draft year. That's another guy. He slide. That's, yeah, that's a guy whose stock is going like this. So very, very good. Um, playing in the Finnish Elite League, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So you have options. You have options. It's uh, more picks, Craig. Let's go. More picks. More he, fire me up. Yep. Let's go. And uh, while you're at it, fire the PR guy, please. Like for <laughs> the love of God and things that are great in life. Yeah. Just, just do it. And, uh, yeah, I think we covered pretty much everything. So, Craig Conroy, good shit, bro. More yep. of that. More competency, please. I really, really like that. Good move. It's refreshing to see this team go in another direction, right? It's, like a, it's, warm, it's a warm, fuzzy feeling knowing that you have a guy with a brain running your franchise. It's, it's, it's unreal. Fresh air is what it is, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you guys like this episode, feel free to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, comment what else you think we're going to be doing at this trade deadline, getting closer to. And actually, yeah, drop below uh, who you'd like to see leave uh, and uh, maybe who you would like to see the Flames target prospect wise, maybe guys that are a little younger, got some NHL experience. Yeah, let us know uh, down below who you want the Flames to bring in here. Mm -hmm. And when those trades do happen, We'll be here to talk about them. So make sure to hit that subscribe button so that shows up on your feed. And yeah, thanks for listening and go Flames Go. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody.